0: Thank you for joining ReachMD XM 157 for this month's special series Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry.
1: Major depressive disorder and low bone mass in women, an unrecognized risk factor. You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to our ReachMD special series exploring psychiatry. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Cohn. And joining me is Dr. Giovanni Chitza, who is an MD-PhD clinician with the Clinical Endocrinology Branch of the NIH in Bethesda, Maryland. Dr. Chitza and his team recently published an original investigation in the Archives of Internal Medicine, and that's going to be our topic today. We're going to be talking about low bone mass in premenopausal women with depression. Dr. Chitza, welcome to ReachMD. Thanks for taking some time to be with us today. Giovanni, maybe before we talk about your research and and maybe what some of the messages are for our physicians out there, could you give us a little background on on yourself, your medical background, and how you got into this area of investigation
0: as a training, I am an endocrinologist, and I always had some interest in the potential connection between the brain and the body. And I think that an endocrinologist is well-positioned to ask that question. Psychiatrists are also well-positioned, but they come from the brain down and we go from the body up. And usually the gland, the body gland, where these two disciplines meet, if you wish, is the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is the gland that basically controls, it's like the orchestra director. is the gland that controls all the other glands, including the adrenals, which are the glands that produce the stress hormone cortisol. And uh, depression, which is the topic of this article, can definitely be regarded as a state of chronic stress.
1: Let's talk a little bit about this article. The title of the article is Low Bone Mass in Premenopausal Women with Depression, which leads us to believe that you concluded there was some connection between the two. Could you give us just a brief summary of the results and conclusions from your study? Yes
0: of premenopausal women average age about 41 suffering from depression. There was decreased bone mass at all sites, skeletal sites, especially the femur, but also the anterior posterior spine. The prevalence of pathological bone mass, that is a condition that needs uh, definitely a follow-up and possibly pharmacological treatment, was Greater in women with depression than in controls, and biological factors, including cytokines and hormones, were definitely one of the potential link between a psychological condition, depression, and a physical condition, low bone mass.
1: And what about the magnitude of that association? How would you compare that to other things that we have heard about, normally considered to be risk factors for osteoporosis?
0: That's a very good question. And as we all know, immediately past the menopause, there is a bone loss, which is due to lack of estrogen. That bone loss is about 2 to 3% a year. So these women with depression had a bone loss, if you wish, a lower bone mineral density compared to the appropriate control, which was in the order of magnitude of about 6%. So one could could say that having depression is equivalent to two years of rapid postmenopausal bone loss. It is, if we want to compare to other known factors of osteoporosis, such as uh, lack or uh, positive of calcium intake or smoking, we also have similar uh, magnitude. That that is, bone loss, which is comparable to to smoking or not drinking enough uh,
1: milk. Would it be accurate to say that while many of us would expect the aging relationship, and many of us talk to our patients about smoking and calcium intake, I'm guessing uh, not too many practicing physicians make that association with depression. Is that been your experience or is that how you see it?
0: Yes, definitely. Unfortunately, the awareness that a psychological conditions such as depression may cause bone loss as well as other medical consequences including cardiovascular disease, hypertension and others is not unfortunately very common. So definitely that is a problem. But if I may, I also would like to add that it's not so easy to recognise depression, even for a practicing physician. If you do not ask the right questions, and there is some cultural stigma on the part of the, the patients to volunteer centre information, depression can definitely go unrecognised. And in my own experience, I'm an endocrinologist, but when we were conducting this study, of course, there was a psychiatrist who was seeing, who uh, was evaluating the patients, and I always was very surprised after. The psychiatrist, his name is Dr. Pedro Martinez, would conduct his, uh, his interview, or the research nurse, who was also trained from a psychological point of view, Sarah they would come out, and the patient that, to me, appeared euthemic and not depressed had very high scores of depression.
1: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to a special series exploring psychiatry on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Cohn, and I'm speaking with Dr. Giovanni Chitsa. And we're discussing low bone mass in premenopausal women with depression. Giovanni, you talked about the difficulty in recognizing maybe subclinical depression in in our outpatients. Let me just clarify something in your study. Were the women who were defined to have depression in this study, were they all on medications, some on medications?
0: Most of them were. The number is 89%. This study was prospective. So that is, we wanted to follow these subjects for three years, so it would have been definitely not ethical to deprive them of a, of a pharmacological treatment that they needed otherwise. And that's one of the features, and if you wish, maybe one of the limitations of the study, but we could not possibly do this study otherwise in humans. However, if I may add, there has been recently a study conducted in experimental animals where the animal Experience bone loss as a result of severe stress. So there is data in, of course, not in human species, but in other species, that depression can cause uh, chronic stress, which is equivalent of depression, if you wish, can cause bone loss. And also, in this study, they identified the potential mechanisms, namely alteration in the sympathetic tone, which is, uh, as you know, one of the two main uh, factors of the of the stress system. One is the adrenal axis and the cortisol, and the other is are the catecholamines, uh, which are secreted also by by a part of the adrenal gland called the medullary gland.
1: So we've got obviously some human studies, we've got some animal studies. What's your group planning in the future in terms of future research in, in this area?
0: I think the, it is extremely important to conduct long-term studies. The power study was long, three years, but I wish we could have done a longer study. Maybe in the future we will follow those subjects or, or, or subjects with similar conditions for a longer period of time. And by that I mean eight, ten years. Definitely we need to do a similar studies, a similar study in men. Because although the, the difference in bone mass that we see in depressed men compared to depressed women is smaller, if you are a man, you need to lose less bone to be at greater risk for fractures. So. I think it would be important to conduct a similar study in, uh, in Maine as well.
1: Giovanni, when this study came out in archives, could you share with us some of the feedback you've gotten from your colleagues, either uh, positive or negative? Were people surprised? Were you surprised?
0: Well, my collaborators and co-authors, so this was a collaborative study, many institutes were involved, and there was a large group, there are more than ten authors, but many more people participated, some are acknowledged. They, of course, they were they were thrilled, they were very pleased. I must say that it was not, it's never easy, but in this case, it was not easy to publish the study, in part because of the innovative message. As far as colleagues are concerned, they were surprised, and now I hope, even in our outpatient clinic, when we see patients with osteoporosis, I think they're thinking about depression a little more often. So, And there is some skepticism, and, and there is some resistance in uh, certain groups, but I, I'm not sure how substantiated by facts, these is as compared to being dogmatic. And I'm alluding to a group of people who really do not believe that such connection between uh, the psyche and the body exists.
1: We've thought that many times before, and sometimes it just takes a while to, to go along. Do you think there are teaching opportunities? For example, do you have the opportunity to lecture or teach residents or fellows or students? Uh, do you think this is something we should be putting out there in, as more standard teaching about the subject?
0: I do think so. I think that the curriculum of medicine school should include a little more of these topics. I'm trying this year to go to two or three meetings, meetings where I usually do not go. I will go to a meeting of gynecologists because of this is a women issue. I'm going to a meeting of osteoporosis in China, hopefully. And so I'll try to spread the word in this sense.
1: We talked briefly about meta-study that you are thinking about or involved in now. Could you share a little bit about that?
0: Well, for the non initiated the meta-analysis is the Cadillac of a traditional review in the sense that it looks at. Uh, all the studies that have been published, but it also puts a different weight on each study based on uh, several factors, the most important being the sample size. So it gives you an aggregate picture that is, if you wish, better than uh, the single pieces of the puzzle. So I'm working on a meta-analysis that hopefully will summarize the existing studies. There are about 17 studies. And some results have been presented to two national meetings, including the Endocrine Society. But i happy to share with you already that the studies are very consistent in showing a, a difference in bone mass, which is approximately 5% at the lumbar spine, and is a little more at the femoral neck. So, again, those studies are consistent. The studies are heterogeneous because some were conducted in Europe, some in the US, some in China, older women, younger women, different methods of diagnosing depression. Of course, if you do a large epidemiological study, all you can do is administer or, or in some studies mail a questionnaire whereas in the, in the smaller studies like mine, it is possible to sit with the subject and do, do a face to face clinical assessment. So there is some the term is heterogeneity between studies, but in spite of this heterogeneity, the message is clear.
1: Well, we look forward to seeing that published. Are other groups uh, other than at the NIH pursuing other avenues of research in this area that you know of?
0: Yes. Unfortunately, it's a little less than a few years ago, and this may be a general phenomenon due to the paucity of funding for biomedical research. It is an active area, and there are very good groups in the U.S. as well as in Europe.
1: What would be the take-home message for the practicing physicians out there?
0: I would give two messages. The first is a more general one, that is, when I share with my patients the fact that depression can cause something physical, bone mass, the reaction was relief. Those women said, I'm so glad to hear that because I... I'm now able to tell my spouse, my children, that this is not all in my head. This is something real, tangible, measurable. So I think this is very important, and I hope this helps lift the stigma and the silence that there is too often around this condition, this suffering condition, which, unfortunately, to some extent, we all share, depression. The practical message is, if a subject, especially if this subject is a young premenopausal woman, as a fracture, think also about depression do not exclude depression as a potential cause. And if a young woman comes to the office of a psychiatrist, the psychiatrist should think about osteoporosis and consider doing some medical testing, whether it's a physical examination and a family history, or it is a DEXA, it has to be decided on a case. A DEXA is the test that is done. is a radiological test done to measure the bone mass. It has to be decided on a case-by-case basis. But these two specialties, Psychiatrist and internist should think one of the osteoporosis as a, as a consequence of depression and the other, depression as a cause for osteoporosis.
1: Giovanni, thank you for sharing your research with us. My thanks to Dr. Giovanni Chitza for being our guest. We've been discussing low bone mass in premenopausal women with depression. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn, and you've been listening to a special series exploring psychiatry on ReachMD XM157 the channel for medical professionals. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at reachmd.com. Register with promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. Thank you for listening.
0: Listen all month as ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals, features a special series spotlight on neurology and psychiatry.